Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast dedicated to the radio show-turned-podcast Too Beautiful to Live. I'm Bobby Pape. On Saturdays, we bring you a gem from the TBTL archives, as chosen by a guest 10. And you just heard one of my personal favorites of all time, live from the 2nd Avenue Deli in New York City with listener Charlie Trellis and guest co-host Joellen McCauley. Definitely go back and listen if you haven't already, and be ready to be hungry after. This, however, this is a Monday edition of the show when we take a look back at the TBTL week that was, and joining me this morning from the wilds of Everett, Washington, is Christy Wise. Good morning, Christy. Hello. And from Dallas, Texas, breaking in a new microphone and headphones, it's Meredith Mahan. Hello, Meredith. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Morning. As always, folks, Wagoneers, we'll get started with a little LRB business, followed by your week in review, including your clip of the week, then some housekeeping, and a quick check-in on how you can get involved with the show. We'll start this morning with LRB business, which I probably didn't need to announce because it's <laughs> blank on our run sheet. <laughs> Though I will just take a moment to mention that Little Red Bandwagon and 10 stickers are still available at littleredbandwagon.com. We've had a lot of orders the last couple of weeks. Thank you guys very much. We almost have enough money to not have to keep paying for the web hosting for the podcast out of our pockets, almost sort of, (laughs) for a little bit. (laughs) And it's greatly appreciated. Christy's been fulfilling the orders from the Everett distribution office, (laughs) and it sounds like that's been going pretty well. So make sure you post pictures of your stickers when Mm -hmm. you figure out where you're going to put them we want to see where these things end up even if it's on your dog's ass (laughs) especially especially yeah (laughs) i do not think our cat would stand for that i don't think i could make it work that's because cats are assholes (laughs) (laughs) are these stickers that you can re-stick places or is it permanent the 10 stickers you can take off and stick multiple times we did. I did some beta testing on that and was able to do a lot of moving. I don't know so much about the Little Red Bandwagon because they're kind of a vinyl, a thicker sticker. Thicker they sticker. kind of have some fun texture to them, I know. the LRB stickers. I was very excited I, about this. I, I've never, I was a laptop sticker virgin until I got my LRB sticker and I put it over my Apple. So I officially have a, a Little Red Bandwagon macbook now nice i'm gonna try them on all of my animals and see what works (laughs) see which one sticks (laughs) yep so uh go buy stickers end of commercial with that folks we'll jump into our week in review starting with monday episode number 1957 stay at home astronauts luke broadcasting from the multi-billion dollar studios at cairo radio in seattle washington because he's also filling in (laughs) on the ron and don show giving them all four Filling in for both Ron and Don, uh, Andrew is in the Koreatown neighborhood of Los Angeles, apparently directly under the choppa. <laughs> do you guys, when you know Luke is going to be on one of these Cairo shows, do you watch or listen? Sorry, watch and listen. If it's convenient and I have enough notice and like if I'm just in the office or something, I'll throw it on. I used to do that with the when he was hosting the midday show. I would just throw it on in my office because it was the afternoon and it was about the time when I'd be ready to procrastinate. And it was just kind of fun having a friendly voice. And also interesting to hear how 
TBTL topics get transformed into on-air appropriate right. topics. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I do sometimes if I, same thing, I guess, if I have enough notice. But then, yeah, it's just, it's like, let's hear this Luke story again. Right. <laughs> we hear the PG version of shitting your pants at the kingdom. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, they got on a tangent about the chopper noise and Arnold Schwarzenegger into other plane movies. And the only point I wanted to make is that they talk about a Harrison Ford on a plane movie, and yet no one can remember that it's Air Force One. <laughs> and the best part is they they talked around it. It was he. I think he's the president, and he's on a plane. <laughs> okay. Get off my plane is the best four word Harrison Ford quote ever. <laughs> uh, it's so. It was interesting, actually. We get a little bit of soul-bearing from Luke right at the top of this Monday show because he has been on a tear. He's been traveling all over the place, and doing the Ron and Don show meant that he went to Seattle instead of going home to be human, like mm-hmm. to shower and get new clothes. Before yeah, he... so he's willing to be a Hudson News nomad in order to stay relevant, yeah. right? Exactly, <laughs> which I thought should have been the name of the show. <laughs> He he said something about how he's gonna have to buy sweat sweatshirts at the at the um at the airport or at the the gift shop, and when he's talking about the cutoff sweatshirt, it seemed weird that Andrew didn't know what he was talking about. Do you guys know this sweatshirt? I didn't know it, but I looked it up, and it's really a sight to see. It's a sight, and in the wild, it's a, it's definitely a sight. And like Luke said, is it's it's for the person who has hot arms. <laughs> <laughs> Except I found a picture of him wearing a sweatshirt with cut off sleeves and then a thermal long sleeve t shirt underneath. Oh yeah, so stylish. Yeah. Cold cold arms, warm arms. <laughs> right. Oh no, he's definitely just a trailblazer in in thermodynamics of the body. I mean, it's part of his genius. And we're talking about Bill Belichick, of course. Um <laughs> Yeah, I can definitely see Luke just walking around in a in a Steel City hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought it was fascinating that he was putting himself through all that just to remain relevant, as he put it. I mean, of course, the paycheck doesn't hurt, but like mm-hmm. he managed to get all the way back to Seattle, but not out to his suburban home. I know it's a bit of a haul, but like at that point, get someone to bring you a new suit or something. I'm a little worried about the suit that he's been wearing. Like, do you think he's sending out to be overnight dry cleaned at any point? Because he's worn probably it, like, not. several times. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Uh, but I'm sure that if if he called, I'm sure he did call Carrie and say, okay, so I have this option. And she's sitting there in the emptied out, hollowed house that basically just has walls now, if you've seen her updates. And is saying, yeah. yeah, go make some money. <laughs> <laughs> We literally don't have a ceiling. <laughs> I realized that they're not rolling in cash, but I did think to myself as he was telling all of this, um, Pittsburgh has a J Crew. Yeah. Like he's banking away all this extra money doing all these projects. Just just go buy yourself a couple of outfits. He could It'll get some, okay. some slim fit coveralls yeah. in Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, it is a it is a steel town. I mean, they've got those kind of clothes. Right. Yeah. Did you guys see that Carrie posted a whole a whole uh, album of pictures? 
And one of them was that her wedding ring broke. Yes. Oh, no. And so she yeah. said the first victim. And I commented and then deleted it, uh, said, is that because it broke or because you threw it down because you're so <laughs> mad? <laughs> Oh, it could be a whole different podcast <laughs> yeah. talking about Luke and a history of wedding ring issues. Mm-hmm. Um, also, always good to note, he's in one of the sports studios at Cairo, and so it's just a fart locker. Yep. Yep. So, good old days moment there. Uh, top story from Monday. They found water on Mars. Not really. They found evidence of the possibility of water on Mars. Um, the rover can't go there because they're worried about, you know, destroying an entire native Mars life of whatever with our germs and such, because they didn't bake the Rover. Uh, The interesting part of the conversation out of this from those guys, I think is talking about whether or not they would go to Mars Mm -hmm. if they couldn't come back, which has been a hot conversation for some of us. Christy, I know with you guys, you had this conversation on nerd out loud. Yeah, no, I wouldn't go with the possibility of never coming back. No, even if you could be Matt Damon. No, (laughs) <laughs> especially not to be Matt Damon um, I don't want to go anywhere with the possibility of not coming back yeah me neither and I don't want to I don't want to go anywhere where I have to live in a giant suit and eat dehydrated food and not have Netflix <laughs> That's my what, first thought is what's the bathroom situation the bathroom situation oh girl have you it's ever ba- gone to a space museum no I'm sure you have though oh, oh many it's a- it's a vacuum funnel situation, yeah, right? No. Uh-uh. Yeah, the, the <laughs> first I time I have time to... in Earth hotels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I showed. Um, so when we went to Chicago, we went to a space a museum, and um, I showed the Macaulay's daughter because she's scared of space. The toilet because that always gets kids excited about space, and I said, "Okay, space would be fun, but the first time I have to poop, take me home. I'd <laughs> like just turn this thing around." Not pooping in space. That makes it a TBTL story. So, Meredith, you wouldn't go? No way. No way. Yeah, me neither. I just don't have enough passion for it. And it was the same for the guys. Luke wouldn't go because of a schmaltzy answer about wanting to be near his family. And Andrew wouldn't go because there's not enough time in the world to have enough time to plan for that trip. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there's too many. Especially being the first people there, you don't know all the possibilities that could happen. Matt, I mean, I take a, a suitcase for like a three-day trip, a big suitcase. What would happen to Mars? Yeah, how do you pack for that weather? No, you don't know. No one knows what the weather's like. Right. That's the point. You're right. there to check out what the weather is going to be like. <laughs> uh, just coincidentally, uh, we got a teaser last week, was it, that Andrew would be going to the, is it the Moon Festival? Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what it's, the important part is in Meredith's notes, which is that a monkey sat on thieves. So delightful. I would love a monkey. As a full-time pet? Heck yeah. Oh. Like one of those little ones that sits on your shoulder, wraps its tail around oh, your neck. Like friends? Like on friends? Yes. Ross's monkey. Oh, God. Those are so That's creepy. The one I want. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the stickers, if we move enough stickers, we can get a, a an LRB mascot pet. Ooh, yes. <laughs> but the airfare for the custody will be ridiculous. <laughs> so, Christy, you don't like monkeys? You wouldn't go to this I festival? I like monkeys in their own habitat, but in my house... Wild animals just as a whole, you don't, they're, they're unpredictable. I agree. I wouldn't actually probably do that, but I love to think about it. 
Yeah, I'd like to go to a place where I see them in the wild, but I don't want them in my house or my car or... Okay, so has anyone ever been pooped on by a bird? Like a pet bird? Yeah. Okay, imagine a monkey. A monkey is is like (laughs) a dog that can swing from things. But you put a diaper on it. A cute, cute diaper. (laughs) All right, we're halfway through the first episode of the week and we've already got two separate poop references. Actually, I think three. I mentioned the kingdom story. Yeah. Let's keep it tight today, guys. That's, keep, that's it a tight. Trick. keep it yeah. tight. <laughs> a 26 pounds of weed fell in a doghouse. This was worth it just for the discussion about the word dank. Yes. <laughs> Nothing worse than two middle-aged Ugh. white guys trying to come up with with pot <laughs> pot lingo. Is it a good Wait, it's a good thing or is it a bad thing? It's a bad thing. <laughs> it may it could be a strand of pot. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I hope un- they start. I'm unfamiliar with marijuana, so I wouldn't know where to begin, <laughs> ladies. <clears throat> I just hope they start calling things the dankness. <laughs> oh, here's hoping. Um, Susie Burbank would never give up the pot. Would never turn it over to authorities because YOLO YODO. Yeah. Well, what would you guys do? Jesus. You know, I like the thought that they they came to after talking through it, which is that if you keep it and don't tell anyone, eventually someone's going to come kill you. That's true. I guess I would call the cops. I don't have any use for it. I also am very unfamiliar with this drug. Um, And I live in Texas, so I'd be very afraid to keep that in my house. Yeah. I think, no, the the answer of, of... Give the cops the the 15 pounds of pot you found <laughs> was a good one. Yes, I agree. Enough to uh, get you off the radar. Well, I um, here we can just carry that shit around. So I would just carry it around just for the fun of it. <laughs> Look what I can do. <laughs> I think our law is every person can have one ounce on them at a time. And I, I don't know pounds to ounces, but... I don't know. Math you is just hard. measure it out and put it in your bag every yeah. day before you go to work. It's a lot of ounces. <laughs> yeah. It would take you a long time. Uh, Bruce and Link Stevens emails in with a really good point. I think it's been discussed before and maybe Bruce doesn't remember it, but we've never gotten a lot of detail. Apparently, Andrew had a party barn mm-hmm. in New Hampshire. Yes. And Andrew explains that they just had a a barn that had a ping pong table and darts and a beer fridge and a den upstairs. And when you hit den upstairs, all I can think of is the barn from Roadhouse. (laughs) It's $100 a month and the view is amazing and it's bucolic and romantic and perfect. I imagine that it was full of of back seats of vans that he removed. (laughs) Like a whole movie theater looking thing filled with yes. old van parts but they're all under bunk beds <laughs> somehow i i just have to say that i would love to go to an andrew and veeves party they sound amazing oh yeah 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 uh mainly for veeves but yeah <laughs> uh and a voicemail somebody does the show intro in latin which just sounded like gibberish to me mm-hmm. yeah, yeah me too tuesday 1958 negative buffer days we get more about luke's travel although it apparently uh, the start of the show, he's on a dead boat in Ballard, <laughs> just uh, working on the Armada. How did he get from Cairo on Monday 
to Ballard on Tuesday and not go home. Oh, he probably stayed in Seattle. Because yeah, I did, guess. didn't he have to fly out Tuesday? He did, but I feel like there's enough hours between uh, the end of Ron and Don. Which is at, what, four, five o'clock? Yeah. I think we're missing the obvious here. I think Carrie didn't let him come home. Yeah. Ah, uh, this is not in the notes, guys. We're making this revelation right <laughs> Yeah, I just thought of this. <laughs> well, what is he going to come home to? They're stay- They're squatting at a friend's house He's right gonna now. He's going to come home to his wardrobe. <laughs> because he gets off. Okay, so what time is Ron and Don, really? Uh, three, I think it's... Three to seven? Three to seven, yeah. Three to seven. So he gets off at seven. It's an hour. I'll probably, at that time at seven, it would have taken him two hours to get home with traffic sure and then he has to just come back to to go to the airport yeah unless he flew out of bellingham Bellingham, which is that as spendy as it sounds to fly in and out of bellingham because a lot of airlines are flying in and out of there and it's cheaper so people actually will drive up there to save money i always because i never know like here We'll fly to Providence, except that you have to take a connecting flight to everywhere. I don't know how that's mathematically possible, but they don't fly direct to anywhere. <laughs> um, whereas if you drive to Boston, you can get a flight to anywhere you want. But then I think of small city airports being super expensive. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe things are changing. Uh, Luke is sending pictures to Andrew, <laughs> like of his nephew, of cute things he sees, <laughs> animals probably, uh... They're becoming, uh, like, chatty girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Well, you, he doesn't have Facebook anymore. That's where people put those kind of things. Yeah, he needs an outlet. Yeah. Good point. Because normally you and just he- upload that and everybody gets to see and make a comment. And then he can say, oh, did you see that picture I put on Facebook? Yes. So <laughs> then that's of- the conversation. So instead of living in the suburbs of the internet, he's just bringing them to his text conversations? hmm Yeah. Um. Uh, Luke wants Andrew to crash PRPD, but Andrew would never, ever go for it. So that's not a non-starter. And his itinerary, he went from Portland to Seattle. Then he's going to Pittsburgh. Then he's going back to Portland. It's a lot of miles. Except for then we learned that that didn't actually happen. Remember? He had to go to Canada instead. What? Didn't he do? Or did I miss? Miss, I think he was kidding about going to Canada. <laughs> oh, I thought he had to cover the story. No, I think oh. he just wanted to go cover the story. I see. Okay. So I, I know. He's been traveling so much that it's actually believable at that point. Right. I that, thought that he had gotten a call from CBS morning show Nova or something. That, yeah, that you have to go here. I think, yeah, I think he was joking. That was in Friday's oh. show. We'll get there. <laughs> okay. um, Andrew did go to PRPD once. And one of my favorite one-liners of the week is that Luke says he went to lead a seminar on clipboard management 101. (laughs) How to tap your pen on it to indicate Mm -hmm. that you're working very hard. Um, I mentioned that talk of the 2000th show is ongoing. So maybe by early November, when it's show 1998, we'll know what's going on with the 2000th show. Uh, They do a spot for Harry's. And so I guess the face hider might be no more for the sake of sponsorship. Its days are numbered. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. We need to talk about the 2000 show. So it technically will fall around the week of Thanksgiving this year. 
When do you think they will actually have the celebration of it? January. January. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I hope. Late I hope January. it's not during the holidays because it won't. even because yeah. first of all, they're going to have a situation where it's like the thousand show where they're going to do a venue. You can't get a venue during the holidays. People have them right. booked out. They're too expensive. All for holiday parties. It's going to be. Well, and people are all traveling all over the country, go, going back home. Mm-hmm. So that would be tough anyway. If only there had been some way to know that this was coming. Like <laughs> if the shows had been numbered for the last many years. <laughs> right. Although as we're learning through the archive project, those aren't entirely reliable. <laughs> right. And <laughs> what they had done during the Thousand Show is totally fudged it. Where yes. he just <laughs> stopped numbering them or would say, oh, today's show 995, but it wasn't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just to make it right. work. Um, so do you see that happening or do you think he's just full on going to say, but we're celebrating it on? I think it's going to be like Memorial Day or whatever. We're just going to observe it when we can. I, I think that the numbering's gotten a lot better since they got yes. the Infinite Guest. Yeah. Because I think more people are actually using it to organize shit. <laughs> so I don't think they'll mess with it. There yeah, won't be I... like weird unnumbered shows, which happened a couple of times right. around the thousands. Well, <laughs> Ever since Andrew came on, and I think he was he's doing the posting, that the numbering has been fine. Yeah, yeah. he's keeping track of it on his clipboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he probably um, has a spreadsheet. Andrew's <laughs> yeah. the type that loves spreadsheets like me. Oh, I yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke doesn't like the new John Oliver show because he feels like John Oliver is too preachy. Um, the only uh, clips I see of it are the ones that go viral, and they usually mm-hmm. are just John Oliver going angry liberal, which is fine for passing around the internet. But I usually don't click on him either because I feel like I know what he's going to say. What he's going to say. <laughs> You're like, yeah. I agree with everything he's saying right now, so I don't need to click. <laughs> right. Uh, Luke also was a dick on a conference call with the PRPD people <laughs> getting ready for his <laughs> seminar. <laughs> All they're trying to do is micromanage his uh, his hour for his benefit. And I put in quotes, I'll just use my watch. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't feel like was a bad answer, but he clearly could have been more diplomatic about it. Yeah, he knows how to host things, but they're also probably just trying to make sure that everything goes smoothly. Oh, yeah. And having put together events like this before, don't assume. Don't assume that someone right. knows that they can... <laughs> use their watch right you have to treat these people like the babies that they are <laughs> yeah no it's absolutely true i mean i babysit professional musicians yeah you for know yeah. they're gonna come and go oh wait you didn't have an extra saxophone for me i was told <laughs> that i wouldn't have to bring mine <laughs> oh you're not far off i know <laughs> um uh the macarthur's have snubbed tbtl again which was a funnier joke when jen was still on the show yeah yeah uh and an email on the latin pronunciation uh i didn't really catch the point of that i just like the fact that it brought up tbtl's motto with uh which is tattooed on you christy mm-hmm. and somebody realized that it's in urban dictionary so that's good yeah i knew it mm-hmm. was an urban dictionary did you guys i think so because I, I, I actually looked it up at the tattoo place to because like I had to, you know, second check my um, spelling because <laughs> the guy said, 
make sure that this is spelled right because this is not <laughs> the language we speak. You don't want to. You don't want to end up with a no regrets right. situation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, generally speaking, I wouldn't use Urban Dictionary to check the spelling of anything, but I guess that's an exception. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that might have been a Bruce and Lake Stevens put those in. Yeah, technically posted by A10. So. A10, right. Mm. A10. Just, uh, it's the first time I've looked anything up on Urban Dictionary in a long time that didn't have to do with penis. Right. So, yeah. Or some kind of crazy fetish sex move. Right. Or is that me? Sorry. <laughs> I use it for all my drug terminology, so I right. sound cool. Right. So, Dank. <laughs> Dank. <laughs> Wednesday, 1959, what rhymes with cauterize? <laughs> Andrew is playing Hurt. He has not downed a bottle of NyQuil yet, but he will. Uh, and even though he's not high on NyQuil, decides to take us on a tangent about the speech that he learned from his dad from the back of a tube of Crest. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. It took so long, too. <laughs> Luke goes off mic for like 30 seconds to find a little thing of toothpaste, that reads us everything on it. it that doesn't have it. And then Andrew, what, looks it up online yeah. and reads it? Mm-hmm. Oh, so weird. But that is something that seems so Andrew and daddish. Like your dad likes something. I remember my dad really liked that show, Taxi. I was way too young to care about that, but I watched it with them and thought I was so cool and old and mature <laughs> for watching this and I had no idea what was going on. Right. My thought on this was, this is the, these are, this is the days before smartphones. So what did we have to read in the bathroom, mm-hmm. but the backs of shampoo bottles and toothpaste tubes? No. True. I just need don't something read to read in the bathroom. Am I weird? Yeah. Sometimes that's just meditation time for me. I don't know. Uh, Luke mm-hmm. counters Andrew's hot dog story with the lice poem that he memorized <laughs> as a kid. Gross. He says he said that a bunch of times, but I don't remember it either. I've never. Maybe yeah. I've heard it once, but. I mean, maybe um, on the radio did. I don't remember it. Well, yeah. speaking of being on the radio, when he was filling in on Ron and Don the other day, Kim Shepard had to leave early because of a <laughs> lice scare. And it's just so creepy to think as a grown adult to have to deal with lice. But I guess if you have kids. You have kids, yeah. Yeah. And he is very true that as soon as you hear that someone has lice that you've come into contact with, you instantly have it. And you start getting itchy everywhere. Yep. Yep. Right. So Luke is in Pittsburgh. And of course, after his layover in Detroit. uh, We need to talk about that. Yeah. You got a name check. Well, sort of. Sort of. (laughs) So first, I don't expect them to keep track of my comings and goings, but I don't live in Detroit anymore. Right. Um, but you're the urban forger. I am the urban forger yeah. they were referring to, yes. Um, but but I was a little bit offended because Luke is like, no one gets off in Detroit, therefore Detroit's terrible. I don't know. It's a common layover. It's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. I fly to Detroit all the time. Yeah, there's um, because which of the airlines is it Delta that has their hub there? Yeah, their Delta terminal is actually awesome in the Detroit airport. Yeah. So that, yeah. that of course, is is the case. I mean, you're going to have that in lots of places. Um, Dallas is a hub of, I don't know. And Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta, well, Dallas is where Southwest is. So Minneapolis, tons of that here. Denver. Yeah, up here, Southwest is Baltimore. You have to go through right. Baltimore to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Detroit's airport has the nicest we have to walk under the tarmac to get from terminal to terminal hallway of any hotel uh, airport I've ever been in. Mm, unless you're hungover. <laughs> okay, yeah, it is probably a bit of a trip. If you're it is the worst if you're hungover. It's really fun if you're a kid, though. It's very pretty. <laughs> it is. And I've taken a lot of Detroit layovers for flights that hop to Buffalo, so <laughs> I understand. And Luke kind of blames Detroit for the fact that he didn't get a room. I'm not going to accept that responsibility nope. on behalf of Detroit. Sorry. Yeah, no, he can't blame Detroit for that. He needs to blame sh- whatever airline he was on for that. <laughs> well, this not is the that, but the, also the hotel. Well, and well, the right. fact that he's showing up three days after the conference starts or whatever. Right. Right. Of course, you're not going to get a room in the hotel. Now, this is, this is of course, the Seinfeldian thing where there was a reservation. They should have had a room. Mm-hmm. I don't blame Luke for that or whoever booked his travel form for this or whatever. No, that's infuriating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But, uh, yeah, airfare issues. I mean, the problem is you can't get you can't get Alaska out here most of the time, so I'm sure he had to fly someone else. I'd, I'd be curious to hear who he flew to have to deal with all that. Probably Delta. Probably, right. yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yes, his sad hotel story with – is this the episode? But, yeah, the cab driver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seattle, that liberal town. Ugh, terrible. Sounds Jeremy, like a liberal city. <laughs> Jeremy, this is the spot where you need to lay in heaven, let your light shine down. <laughs> <laughs> and Luke's too sleepy to big dog on the cab driver. Right. Probably fortunately, right? Right, because who knows where he would have ended up. Yeah. He could have ended up at the bottom of any of the three rivers that merge. <laughs> well, and this would have been um, Andrew's worst nightmare. Showing up, there's no room at the inn with a terrible taxi driver and a, a not even a, a, what is it, a voucher? A voucher that he has right. to explain Which and are the, the cab worst. driver doesn't want to take. Yeah. Oh, jeez. At that point, I would have just taken an Uber and... Expensed it. Expensed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he gets to this Wyndham, which is... By no means comparable to the William Penn Omni in Pittsburgh. And what is this two twin bed nonsense? Right, exactly. He gets an offer of two different rooms, and they're like, oh, take the one with the better view, and it's got two twin beds in it. Ugh. Well, I also love, love, love that hotel um, person that said, I would go home and go to sleep. <laughs> That's my favorite answer ever. Stop asking me questions. Yeah, don't ask the waitress what's good. We've discussed that before. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that would have been like my, who gives a shit about the view? I'm going to be here for for 12 hours. I'm going to sleep, shower, and leave. Yeah. Well, Give me the closest room. Well, that's the weird part about Luke is that he loves, he's obsessed with the view. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I'm obsessed with being far away from the elevator and the ice, ice machine. Ice machine, yes. Yes. <laughs> I love a good room upgrade if I'm going to be somewhere for several days. Like next weekend, we're heading back to my hometown and I splurged at the Holiday Inn Express in Webster and I'm getting the room that's the suite with the little wet bar because it was like 10 extra bucks. But you're going to be there a few days. So having a little sink and counter space and a little fridge is totally worth it. But Mm -hmm. we're going to be somewhere for 12 hours. See, I just want, I don't know, which room has the most comfortable bed? Mm -hmm. Right. That's that it. you won't fall off of when you roll over. Right. And that's what he should have asked. Yeah. Are you guys hotel room unpackers? Yes. I always use the dresser. I love it. I'm. It depends on how long I'm going to be there. 
That's a reasonable answer. If it's yeah. more than a day or two, then yes, I'm an unpacker. I I hang up my hang up clothes, like if I have a suit or mm-hmm. button down shirts or something. And then I keep my rest of my clothes in my suitcase. And this will probably gross out the people who use the dressers a lot, but the dresser is my dirty clothes. Like when I'm done wearing it for the trip, I throw it in a drawer in the dresser. Mm-hmm. Meh. And then when I'm done, done for the trip, I just make sure I pull it all out and dump it back into my suitcase or into the baggie and then into the suitcase. But that's how I use the dresser. It's sort of my done for the trip zone. They provide you with a laundry bag for that. Yes. Yeah, plastic bag in the thing. I do use the laundry bag when I'm done to repack my suitcase. I don't know why I do it that way. I just always have. Hmm. Uh, Who is jealous that they didn't get a PRPD gift bag? Oh, my God. (laughs) I want, like, a Prairie Home Companion laser pointer or something. <laughs> I Well, I have a question. Luke keeps saying that, what was the what was the show that has the key card? The Frame. The Frame. Do you think that really is at every hotel? And how does he know? Did he no, see no, no. the other it's, key cards? It's just at the William Penn. It's just at the host hotel. They must have done it just But how there. does he know he didn't get a key there? Well, no, he did because he, he went, does. He only stayed at the Wyndham the first night, so they and, sent him oh. back to the actual conference hotel the next day. So that's why it's like he was in the dumb twin room only one night. Okay, right. and then they put him in the Elvis suite. You remember with so many couches? Okay, <laughs> okay. I think I I kind of missed that. I was walking around Seattle when I was listening to that episode. Well, <laughs> so, there there was no reason to be confused because uh, Andrew was also confused yeah. by that, actually. But I think yeah, I got they, obsessed with, I thought that Luke was lying. <laughs> Not lying, but over overselling the story. Well, his, his comings and goings have been kind of confusing this week. Right. Right. <laughs> now, they finally, they got him back over at the host hotel and they rewarded him with this room with a bunch of random couches in it, <laughs> which is weird when you're one person in a hotel room. Well, not only all these couches, but he also got one phone call. Right. That's so weird. Who <laughs> oh, no, uses a so hotel phone? That was at the Wyndham. And I think that's probably from the days of better call the wife and let her know I'm at a different hotel. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I wish he had taken it and called Andrew or called long distance or international and just left the phone off the hook for an hour. Yeah, or called one of those uh, 900 numbers he used to call as a kid. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he loves those. (laughs) (laughs) Just listen to the nice lady. Yeah. I hope that we get to see this fresh air ball cap at some point and the American uh, America's Test Kitchen tote bag and a WBUR water bottle. I feel like these would make great prizes for uh, the next whatever contest. Oh, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The next in-person thing. I want a um, Dimitri Martin signed book at the trivia contest at the, at the what is it, a book club. So I know yep. that they just keep these. Just to give them away mm-hmm. for events. Yes. Luke did retell the story of war dialing for Wiseback from a hotel room at Olympia. And running up a several hundred dollar bill oh, yeah. using the hotel phone. <laughs> Desperately trying to book people. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. I can't think of the last time I used a hotel room phone, except maybe to order delivery room food service. So yeah. that they wouldn't be like, hey, why is your phone from mm-hmm. another state? Although yeah. it's 2015. I have a Rochester, New York area code, and I still order takeout in Rhode Island all the time. Yep. Yeah. 
uh, more Mars talk. An interruption from housekeeping because it wouldn't be TBTL without it. <laughs> um, a story of a guy who steals the Charlotte Knights mascot suit and parties in it. I love that guy. <laughs> yep. He was just raging. <laughs> and then Andrew talks about his high school mascot who was apparently always stoned in the suit and was the hookup for weed at, at the school. Oh, God. Can you imagine the smell of that costume? Ugh. <laughs> Just teenage boy, period, but also stoned teenage boy. It's pretty dank. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Really dank. It is the dankness. Mm -hmm. Did you guys get the version of the file where it just interrupt him right in the middle of a sentence? Yep. No. I did too. One minute early. That was really disrupting. And we can definitely judge because our podcast is produced to 100% perfection every time. Hi, this is Andrew from the TBTL podcast, and I have the perfect podcast for you. It's called The Little Red Bandwagon. It's just like TBTL with less of this. Well, I'm not a crook. (laughs) But not much less. All the commercials are in the right spot. That's right. Uh, They also get an email. Uh, Actually, I think a lot of emails. Uh, They had judged the leave jobs Chiron from the daily show and said they could do better. And I wish I didn't catch the name of the person who suggested it, but no country for orange men. Oh, so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the Boehner resignation. That's yeah. pretty perfect. I yeah. also didn't mind leaves jobs. Yeah. I went back and watched that episode of the daily show after hearing that episode of TBTL. Cause I hadn't yet. Yeah. I think they're forgetting that a lot of the, uh, John Stewart Daily Show Chirons were, eh, you know. They were breaches to begin with, usually. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's part of the joke at that point. Yeah, because the... John Stewart spent a lot of time just cracking up about them before he t- told the did the story. Right. And you only remember the home runs. I mean, that's the viral nature of how those shows work. So, right. whatever. 1960, Thursday's episode, The Mundanity of Mangoes, Stubot. Filling in in the second chair, Andrew hosting on the show that very well may be too beautiful to Luke. <laughs> oh, such a good joke. Yeah. So good. <laughs> and he doubles down on it. Yeah, he does. The whole rest of the show. Andrew later explained on Friday he thought he was less nervous than normal. I think he sounded a little nervous, but I don't yeah. think it was warranted. I think he did just fine. Yeah. What I, I, I thought was the- funny is that. Um, Andrew puts these drops in and then answers them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He said the the one is, um, it was a drop that says, I don't know who, who that is. Cause he's like, and then we have Stubot on the show. I don't know who that is. And he goes, yes, yes, you do. It's Stu. <laughs> <laughs> he used to do that on his radio show. I know. Too. I loved yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I think when Luke comes out of the opening drop sequence every episode he usually tries to somehow respond to something from that run of spot uh, of drops yeah but, he'll use it as a segue mm-hmm. right but i don't think he listens to them beforehand so he's always scrambling to come up with something <laughs> whereas andrew clearly planned that but it was good uh luke could learn something from andrew hmm <laughs> <laughs> I'm also really pleased with Stu coming out of the gate with a joke about how all organized religions are a joke and wrong. <laughs> um, higher, hashtag higher Stu is still going strong. What do you think the word was that was bleeped? 
I assumed it was. Sorry, Aiden. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that doesn't seem bad enough to bleep. Right. No, I think that he bleeped it to be funny. Right. Because it's not that bad. Yeah. Well, right. and yeah. because anytime you bleep something, it makes it more salacious. Mm-hmm. Like, doesn't Jimmy Kimmel have that whole bit where he takes snooze and he bleeps out one of the words and it makes it sound even worse? Doesn't even I'm know vaguely what I'm aware about? of that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Now, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking um, about it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Knowing that Stu was going to be on the show, uh, I proposed to Stu, Mike Frizzell and I proposed to Stu, that um, we would help him out since he's currently unemployed. And I told him that for every time he could mention Little Red Bandwagon on the show, I'd give him a dollar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and Mike chimed in to say that he would double it. He would oh. match, just like a public radio pledge drive, he would match my donation. <laughs> I like it. Dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, we also said we'd give him $5 if he could get the URL out. And so, despite his butchering our URL. <laughs> and making fun of it. Yes. I know. By our, if only he knew what 10710 stood for. <laughs> he doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't care. <laughs> but this is our last episode that comes out before 10710, right? Yeah. So, Ellie, happy birthday. I know, big five-year-old. That's right. Meredith, did you know that? I had no idea. 10-7-10 is the date of Ellie's birth. I love it. So, producer Jeremy, congratulations on getting someone pregnant. Five and years. And Ellie. <laughs> congratulations Ellie. on surviving. <laughs> Do we need to start? Sorry, Ellie. <laughs> Enough pretty soon. <laughs> oh, no, that's nerd out loud. Yeah. Um, so, by my count, Stu earned $8 from me, and I put it in the mail. So, Stu bought... <laughs> You've got eight sequentially numbered crisp from the mint dollar bills coming your way. And Mike, being the old man that he is, wrote a check. <laughs> I'm going to do a money order. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know you guys were serious that you had, because I wasn't in on the conversation with Stu. I didn't know you had seriously told him that. And I was listening to this episode and I was like, dang, we're getting a lot of, a lot of name checks on this. Well, I mean, I think it started as a joke. I think Stu mentioned at one point that he would only take Confederate money. Okay. (laughs) But he did such a good job that I feel like he earned it. And plus, you know, he's got children he needs to feed. So Mm -hmm. I figure, what's $8? Yeah. For the cost of a cup of coffee every day, you could could help a (laughs) Stubot. I hope that he has a job um, by the 2000th show and can come out. I agree. We got to yeah. figure out a way to make that happen. <clears throat> they talk about the Clinton emails a little bit. I guess Andrew found a Twitter feed of the Clinton emails. Mm-hmm. And I just want to make the point that Andrew says he didn't love the West Wing, which is wrong. Everyone should love the West Wing, but he wanted to watch it and couldn't find it. It's on Netflix. I checked this morning yeah. to be safe because I, I'd say once every year or two, I go back and marathon all seven seasons of the West Wing. Really? Because have you ever, have you ever chugged a, a great deal of, Ni- of NyQuil, though? What was that? I said, have you ever chugged a large quantity of NyQuil, though? That's probably why he couldn't find it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know how... Because I think he drank it and then looked. Sure. I, if you're going to drink a whole bottle of NyQuil first, you should probably watch something trippier. I mean, you should make the experience worth it. 
I have a I have a few friends that do what you just said. Rewatch the West Wing. It's kind of like their their happy happy space to to watch that. Once they take that off Netflix, you know they retire things out. It's going to be a dumpster fire. People are going to go insane. Yeah, I've never seen an episode. Really? Yeah, and it's so weird because it's right up my alley. Aaron we Sorkin should... about the president, a liberal president at that. I just. <laughs> Didn't have cable during the time. It was when I was in college. And a, I can't just watch one episode. I have to see the whole liberal, thing. A liberal Catholic president. There's a lot of, there's a lot of tension there. Um, we should start a new podcast where we watch an episode of West Wing. <laughs> and, and look Bacula? Talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The West Wing will look Bacula. Okay. Like let's it. do it. <laughs> uh, Seriously, though, they're long episodes, so it's a hard show to watch all seven seasons of. But I say that as someone who has recently watched all 12 seasons of Murder, She Wrote. So, Mm. you know, anything is possible. You're not selling me on it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I think this that was only as a break from NCIS, which I'm not going to defend here. But if anyone has a problem with it, message me and we can hash it out privately. Uh, It's a conversation about mundanity, which leads... Uh, elegantly into a dream court conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that was a scary dream. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, that's I what NyQuil will do to you. I though. didn't take extensive notes because um, I don't on dream conversations. Mm-hmm. I didn't even remember Dreamcatcher ca- happened. Well, they played the Dream Court song, which is at least better mm-hmm. than the Dreamcatcher dream song, catcher. because who doesn't love the TV show Night Court? Well, it was Andrew and Michael Snyder from TV Guide magazine were captured by mobsters. They removed Michael Snyder's finger or fingers, and they sewed Andrew's mouth shut. Right. Uh, he should get the dream interpreter he had on right near the end of the Walsh show to <laughs> yeah. come back and analyze that shit, because that's actually pretty fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stu is in the Bay Cities and really pushes that home. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Thank I you, Stu. wonder... Did he take that from from us? From us making fun of that? I don't know. Luke's been going hard with it, too, all week. Yeah, I think that we're part of a snowball effect here. We're doing a really good job helping turn that into something big. Yeah. <laughs> um, hashtag podcast day was Wednesday, and TVTL didn't celebrate. Did you guys know this? No. I saw <laughs> stuff pop up as the day went on. Like, the the podcasts that I follow on Facebook, I saw some, like... Oh, hey, apparently it's podcast day, so thanks for listening, which is exactly what Andrew should have done and didn't, and that's fine. I don't know. It sounds like another BS made-up thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yesterday was hashtag boyfriend day. Really? Yeah. Oh, I forgot to celebrate. I was going to say I did nothing for my boyfriend. Me neither. Mm -hmm. Damn. Top story from Thursday. Um, What's his name? The comedian who goes at fart. On Twitter. <laughs> I don't think his terrible name is a good reason to not follow him. He's hilarious. Well, and he's proven his salt on this bit on HLN. Um, in fact, Andrew and Stu have a really good conversation about this because Andrew, he's not conflicted about it. He just doesn't like it. Well, he it's... also doesn't understand the whole story. Well, that's normal too, but yeah. <laughs> I think better than us hashing it out. Let's take a pause now. Uh, Jeremy, why don't you play back for us that clip from Thursday's show? There was a fella who was invited on in some way or another 
A lot of you have probably already heard this, but I'm just going to play the tape without over-explaining it too much. Um, there's a fella. He's invited on uh, CNN's headline news network to talk about Edward Snowden. As you guys may or may not know, Edward Snowden, who's still in Russia, recently joined Twitter and some people – by the way, George Pataki, dude – I'm going to admit something here. I didn't know that he's currently running. He's a kind of a, a, a perennial uh, candidate for president of the United States, right, George Pataki? I think so. So I knew that he's run, and I always think of him as a kind of a perennial candidate. I did not know that he's actually – has he been in any of the debates? He wasn't in the he's first one. He's been at one. those – I think the kid table debates he's he been was. at. No kidding. Anyway, my apologies to George Pataki and everybody who's listening with half a brain. I did not know that. But anyway, George Pataki was making some hay out of it saying that Twitter should shut down uh, Edward Snowden's Twitter account because, uh, because he's a traitor and, and you wouldn't let ISIS have a Twitter account, et cetera, et cetera. And so Headline News is covering this, and they invite this guy on to talk about it uh, as an expert, and his name is um, John Hendren. Let's listen to how this went. So joining me now, John Hendren, who supports Edward Snowden. John, Twitter, uh, they shut down ISIS account. Why do you think Snowden is any different, according to uh, Pataki? Oh, well, he's a hero. I mean, he's doing what any one of us should have done in that situation. He's uh, got a voice. He's been isolated for so long. He's got valid things to say. I mean, we should listen to what he says. But some people don't think he's a hero. Well, they're wrong. I mean, he's doing the most patriotic possible thing. There is classified information out there that was released that could have feasibly harmed people. Do you think Snowden's actions were worth that risk? Well, you know, to say that he couldn't harm somebody, uh, you know, with what he did, uh, like he could. Uh, absolutely, he could have. Um, but I think to cast him out to uh, to make him invalid in society uh, simply because he has scissors for hands. I mean, that's, that's so strange because, I mean, people didn't get scared until he started uh, sculpting shrubs into dinosaur shapes and whatnot. All right, well, now Snowden's living in Russia. At Chris Zapp tweeted this. Dear Edward Snowden, what do you make of the massive Russian misinformation campaign going on? Listen, some people say it's hypocritical that Snowden has asylum in Russia. Russia has a lot of human rights violations. Well, yeah, casting him out is just completely wrong. Um, we're, we're treating him like an animal, like a, uh, somebody who should be quarantined and put away. Uh, just because he was created on top of a mountain by Vincent Price and... Uh, incomplete with scissors for hands and no heart. Uh, Edward Scissorhands is a complete hero to me. But what about the choice that he made to live in a country like Russia? I mean, where else is he going to go? You know, uh, we cast him out. Like we uh, we got scared when he poked a hole in a waterbed with his scissor finger. Like that was uh, just unreasonable of us. Well, John, I appreciate you giving us your opinion. Thank you. No, thanks. Yasmin uh, Vas- Vas- uh, Vasugian, I believe is her name, the woman conducting mm-hmm. that interview, <clears throat> is not the best listener in the world. No, she's <laughs> she's not the best listener in the world, certainly. She's really, really bad at, uh, at listening. <laughs> Having said all of that, so this guy, John Hendren, and that is his real name, by the way, yes, but he's yes, also known as, as a comedian. He is yes. – um, he tweets – he's got one of the funniest – well, I already said that you're the best tweeter in the world, but he's mm-hmm. got one of the funniest uh, Twitter feeds. But I don't follow it because his name is at Fart. <laughs> and I could just never kind of get myself to follow at Fart. I'd never seen his face before. Um, I knew about at Fart because he was the guy who – and I think this was brilliant. Back um, – I think it started two Christmases ago. He just started retweeting every spoiled brat's 
kid, every spoiled brat kid's um, mean tweets on Christmas morning complaining about the fact that they didn't get an iPhone or they got the wrong iPhone. Like, you know, kids just all across the country saying, excuse the language, fuck this, a Samsung. I'm taking it back. <laughs> fuck this. I didn't even get an iPhone this year. I hate my parents. And, like, he would just take that and his entire feed on Christmas would just be a retweet, retweet, retweet of that. Now, I thought that was absolutely brilliant. It was hilarious. It was saddening. It was great. Um, pranking the news, while this was funny, this was definitely funny, I can't deny that, I, I, don't, I wish people wouldn't do it. It really it, drives me crazy. Now, um, we should note here that you have had to get talent onto radio s- programs before many, many times, right? Like get book guests. Yeah, that yeah is your of course. Thing. That's what I've done most of my life. And this would be like a nightmare for you that you book the wrong John Hendren, which is what happened here. They were trying to book a different John Hendren, J-O-H-N. I think he's a writer for like The Guardian or something like that. So they tried to that. book him. But the whoever was booking the Andrew Walsh of Headline News mm-hmm. booked um, the guy whose Twitter handle is at fart, which was on the Chiron on the screen, which should have been their first clue that this might not be the right John Hendry. Ah, God, <laughs> dang it! I didn't. You are so much more observant than me. I'm going to turn down the sound and hit play on this thing again. I didn't realize they put his Twitter handle out there mm-hmm. the whole time. The, the bottom right hand corner. I see of the John screen. Snowden. Uh, or, I'm sorry, uh, John Hendren, Snowden supporter. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless is it maybe after the uh, let's see here I swear oh there it there. is yep <laughs> about about halfway through they put up his handle so it's not even like he was trying to all right that's a little bit different my assumption was that he maybe approached them and just said hi I'm John no. Hendren I'm a um, I'm a uh, you know whatever an expert on this field you should so mm-hmm. they reached out to him and he said sure I'll do it and then being a prankster a jokester how mm-hmm. could you say yes. no to that no how could you I mean. I, I love it, but I could see where somebody like you, who has deep seated nightmares about having to try to book a guest to be on a you know a five minute hit on public Vermont Public Radio, right? And you book the wrong guy, someone who's just going to be a you know basically a crank caller on li- on live radio or live television, where this would not be quite as humorous to you as it would be for the layman like me who just thought it was a scream. Yeah, and you know from a media standpoint. I, I saw a picture of you know my, one of my favorite shows in the world is on the media, and I saw a picture um, of Bob Gardner. Like on the media, loved this so much. I think loved it either way. They tweeted out yesterday, "This is what we're watching today," and they tweeted out a picture of John, uh, of, of uh, Bob Garfield laughing his ass off or looking basically <laughs> stunned and amazed and open mouthed while he's watching this um, with headphones on. And uh, and I was kind of I'm trying to anticipate what they're going to say about it because clearly. Yasmin Vesugian, I don't – I honestly don't think that she should be able to keep her job after this. I mean it's very, very really? clear that – like, I, I honestly think that this is – yes. Um, I – this is my only exposure to her. I shouldn't make broad sweeping generalizations. But it – John Hendren doing this actually brings up a really concerning thing in about the current state of – coverage. There's just constant 24-hour news coverage of things. And we have some people on the air, men and women both, who definitely fit a certain uh, body type and look and attractiveness that will draw in viewers, but are not necessarily 
good journalists. And I, and I think that that is a huge issue. And I think it's actually something that John, he was just kind of like, he didn't want to turn down an opportunity to be, to be funny and, and also <laughs> even a lot more famous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's, he's actually really underscored something like really bad about the current state of, of, of news media. And so to that degree, this is actually very revealing. But in the same way, I think Kimmel does that too. Kimmel mm-hmm. will do his fake viral videos, whatever it is. Uh, what was the one, the, the Olympian pretending to see a, a, a tiger in her? What was it? Uh, he, uh, uh, during the Olympics, um, oh, man, was I, it Hope Solo or somebody? Um, I, that sounds right, but kind of, I, I – yeah. Good fact check. Supposedly there's a tiger wandering in the halls of one of the Olympic uh, hotels, whatever. The whole thing, uh, whatever that story was, was a, a, whole, a whole put on just invented by Kimmel. And then what Kimmel will do is he'll reveal a couple of days later the whole thing was a prank. But then he will show a montage of news anchors from the national to the local level all around the country biting on that story. And again, I'm conflicted about it because I hate pranksterism. I think it's dumb. I don't like it when Kimmel does it and I don't like that John Hendren did this. Having said all of that, both of them are, again, kind of uncovering something that's really bad about the state of media, which is nobody's checking their stories. Journalists are beautiful on TV but are not listening and clearly just have a list of questions that they're reading off. I feel like after watching this – and again, I'm casting a majorly wide brush of assertions against Yasmin Vesugian, assuming I'm even saying her name correctly, about her skills as a journalist. But – you really do get the impression from watching this that she's just an incredibly beautiful woman that they hired to read a list of questions and not actually do any kind of critical thinking on the air. Now, don't they usually have producers in their earpiece telling them, you know, you got to cut this short, you got to go to the next question, get to the commercial, whatever? That's Isn't exactly, that a thing? Yeah. Well, that's shouldn't what I keep some, wa- waiting for when I'm watching this. Shouldn't somebody – there should not have been that many follow-up questions. Right. <laughs> I mean, he meant, there was a follow-up question after he mentioned Vincent Price. Just, oh, are you, before that, he says, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I, I, that's what I keep waiting for this whole time is like after the first Edward Scissorhands obvious reference for somebody to talk in her ear and her to kind of get kind of floundered and, 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 um, and kind of cut the interview short and she doesn't do that. And I'm thinking, and then I'm picturing inside the control room and this is something that I probably should not admit. And I, I will say one of the hardest things as a producer, especially if you're in a control room with a bunch of other producers as well, one of the hardest things but let this be a lesson to why it's so important, is to stay fucking focused. It is mm-hmm. really hard. And I'm thinking about the last show that I worked on. Um, you know, you have a host who's across the glass from you, um, and she's, you know, in, in this case, our, our, the, the host I was working with was a woman, and she's, in, she's like in this fishbowl, right, with a microphone, and she's by herself, and she's got computers. I mean, she, the woman I worked with was incredibly smart. I mean, it was public radio. She's a genius. But... So she wouldn't have let this happen. But on the occasion that that host is in trouble on the other side of the glass, you got to be hearing it first or at least mm-hmm. at the same exact time and working on and working on solutions to that problem or saying we have to drop this, let's move on, like something like that. But it's really hard because if the, if the producers are on the other side of the glass and there's a few people in there, you're listening, you're listening, and then one person makes a joke and then for a second you have to check on Twitter to see if something's happened and then all of a sudden you just tuned out for two seconds while you're checking something on Twitter and then what, wait, what was just said on the air? It's very easy to let something kind of just slide by. Again, this is egregious. No host, with the possible exception of Luke, would have let <laughs> – no, no host that I've ever worked with in public radio would have let – wouldn't have caught this on the first immediate 
referenced Edward Scissorhands. At the very least, they would have said, I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? I, I missed what you said. Um, so anyway, I'm just – I'm rattling. So I don't – I wish that John had not done this in a certain way. But on the other hand, I feel very strongly – about what it says about the current media. You, on the other hand, sent me a note saying that you think he's kind of a modern-day hero. I think absolutely he is a modern-day hero for doing this. Just because for the for the reasons you mentioned, basically, just saying this is the level. I mean, and first of all, it's headline news. I mean, that's when's the last time you watched headline news, Andrew? Um, not I. I don't know. The last time you I've were in a regional airport is the <laughs> yeah. last time you watched headline. News. I don't think I've ever sat down to watch headline news. You're right. It's, no, it's, you were like in Sioux, like Sioux Falls, South Dakota, so, <laughs> the Bay City, um, and it just happened to be on by the the baggage claim. Right, right. But yeah, I just it's uh, I just enjoyed it so thoroughly, and it just you know highlights kind of you know where cable news is at right now that. You know, they just send somebody, get John Hendren on the phone. we got to talk about Edward Snowden. And nobody at any point fact-checked if that was the right John Hendren. Mm-hmm. And nobody, once he was on the air, stopped the interview before three follow-up questions about Edward fucking scissors. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, laughing I'm, I just love to hear you so happy. I just love to hear it's, you so happy. It's just the best. I'm sorry. I know I know that the news is a sacred trust that is for the American people so they aren't making informed decisions. And it's just uh, Donald Trump is still ahead in the poll. So. <laughs> no, I mean it's true. I mean I don't lay the blame necessarily with John. Do I, I wish that people would not do stuff like this. I hate pranks. I'm just kind of done with pranks. By the way, growing up, mm-hmm. loved them. I, somewhere buried in my garage, I have a, a, a bag full of little uh, mini cassette tapes of me pranking mm-hmm. people as like a 13 and 14 year old. And someday I'm going to – You had like a, your, the Frisbee build version of the Jerky Boys? I was trying my best. It was when the Jerky Boys were popular and I, I was making prank phone calls and it's like – it's so embarrassing. It's like um, I'm going to find them. I'm going to to try to get, figure out a way to digitize them. I'm going to play them on the show. Um, oh no! Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be awful. It's going to be like um, George Michael on Arrested Development. Remember, he's always trying to make <laughs> yes. uh, prank phone calls, but he only makes them to his dad. Yes. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I used to call Pizza Hut and ask him if they could bring me pizzas so that I could stop and smell them. And then, I, but I didn't want to buy the pizza. Like, could you just could I just smell the pizza? It was it was just it was hilarious. It was it was the type of comedy that's almost as funny as Too Beautiful to Luke. That's kind of the level. <laughs> that's the level I was working at at that young of an age. I, I, when I was, why do I have to extend this anymore? We should just move on. But I will just say this: like, at the, again, the last job I had at KCRW, um, th- this is probably the closest that I can remember that I've ever come to booking a guest. Like, basically, the moment that they had to be on the air, and um, as opposed to not just a guest who was already in our Rolodex, somebody we had a relationship with. I had done that before. Like within a minute, like a guest drops out, you call another person whom you have a relationship with. You put you put them on the air. Like that's one thing. But um, I had a. Um, trying to think if it was my segment or if it was a segment of another producer. I feel like it was a segment for, uh, of another producer and she had booked somebody and then it didn't work out and the clock is ticking and it was the closest we'd ever come on that show to going live and frankly just not having a guest at the very top mm-hmm. of the show. 
And um, actually, you know, this is a little bit different, though, because you know what? I booked them. I, I started just calling. I found some name in a, in a newspaper. I can't remember what the topic was, um, but I, found it was, it, it, you know, I needed to talk to a doctor who was an expert. And <clears throat> I found some person's name. I think it was some, somebody in the Midwest. I was like, oh, I just started Googling every name in the newspaper. And some guy, I Googled him. I found an office number for him. I called. I expected to get a receptionist and said he just picked up the phone. I'm like, is this Dr. So-and-so? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I need to record an interview with you in like two minutes. Can we just – but I still took the two minutes to say just give me your give me your quick rundown on this. Like what is your take on this? Now, if they did that with John Hendren, I'm sure he didn't blow up his spot by saying, well, I'm going to make an Edward Scissorhands joke. So you probably don't want to book me. <laughs> um, but I ended up booking this guy and you know you can do a little bit of poking around and you see that he's you know spoken on the subject in various places but even that you have to be careful about because there are people who kind of make a, a living of being an expert on everything or not make a living on it but kind of uh, make a they, they, make they, a media living yeah they, they make it their job to kind of like appear all over the place and there are pranksters who who will go really far out of their way to uh, to prank you so i don't know there are moments when you have to throw somebody on the air and you got to say god i hope this works um, and so maybe that's why I have a slightly different, a slightly different attitude towards it. That's that would it. make sense. That would make sense. So that's the prank. Fart goes on each <laughs> and talks Edward Scissorhands instead of Edward Snowden, which uh, is great. And have you guys seen the video of it? Yes. Yeah. So great. <laughs> She's. I don't know how you could not like my first instinct when I saw that going around was that it had to be fake because how on earth could a reporter stand there and miss so many obvious ever scissor hands references? Yeah, that she needed to know. she needed to shut it down. <laughs> right, and what it was a good point by Stu. How is there not a horrified producer who just dumps the feed yeah. or cuts to commercial yeah. or is just like, oh, you're breaking up? click well and when andrew said she should be fired should it be her or should it be the producer who did no background work on this i think it should be both of them yeah because she should have shut it down yeah I, but i, I don't know make... about fired well I well, mean, she's obviously a terrible interviewer yeah, right she's not listening true. to him at all but as andrew mentioned she's pretty good eye candy for hlm yeah. Yeah, that's all. So that, that that's all they care. If you can v- read, kind of, and you look good, that they'll hire you. Same as like a Fox News, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So while you're sitting there waiting for your oil change or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. waiting room you're in, <laughs> and that was my first thought. Actually, Andrew was defending the integrity of journalism, and my instinct was, but it's HLN, right? They don't have integrity, right? <laughs> It's next to the TV Guide channel with the guy from his uh, nightmare. Right. (laughs) Um, The most important part of Thursday comes right out of that conversation, which is that despite the fact that he hates pranks, Andrew used to make prank calls as a child, like the turkey boys. (laughs) And and taped it. That's my favorite part. We have to hear these. We must hear these. This is a demand... We should just make it the show title. Andrew, we need your jerky voice tapes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to hear him calling Pizza Hut and asking for pizzas to smell. <laughs> He's like a supermodel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or uh, what's his name from Dodgeball? That's what I think of. <laughs> uh, they 
So yes, Andrew Walsh, we know you're listening. We want to hear your prank call tapes. If we need to start a special fund to digitize them, let us know. Uh, onto a music trivia game where some article from Mental Floss, I guess, inspires Andrew to ask Stu about obscure, nonsensical lyrics from songs and ask him if he knows what they mean. Mm-hmm. And Stu is really good at the game, which He's I think really kind of ruins good. the fun for Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys know the any of those lyrics? I knew the Queen one. Me too. Right? I knew the Queen one pretty well in and out because it's such a jam and it's so... Like, I feel like analyzing that's pretty popular. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I probably looked that up. That was probably one of the first things I ever did when I got the internet is, what in the world did these lyrics mean? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, That's okay. Next week, we'll just break down American Pie line by line. (laughs) (laughs) I'll figure out how many American Pies that takes. (laughs) Uh. We get an email. Someone's looking for bar advice in the Twin Cities. Stu gives it. And someone else writes in because they have a tie to one of the grad students who's a Mars researcher Mm -hmm. and says they're pretty cool. I'm only mentioning this because I actually used to be really good friends with one of the co-authors of that paper. Oh, really? Yeah. uh, Jen Hanley. Uh, She was in Buffalo at the same time I was. And we were friends uh, like eight years ago. We spent like one summer drinking together a lot with a group of our friends and we always used to joke that she would be the first girl on Mars and it's actually kind of happening now. So look at where she is and I'm taping a podcast on a Sunday morning. (laughs) Love you guys. I think you're the winner. (laughs) Um, That's okay. When she goes to Mars and the press is looking for people to talk to, I'm just going to say, I remember when, yeah, we used to drink together in a shitty bar called Checkers in Buffalo that always smelled like piss and kitty litter. And Did you, have you messaged her to tell her, to remind her? Not recently. Oh. Her Facebook page has just exploded with all sorts of right. uh, people loving on her and posting all the articles. And I think the Buffalo News just did a thing like, City Honors High School alum is one of the researchers who found water on Mars and she'll have her time. That's, so you've got more. a, you've got a good story for the HLN interview, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I could probably make that happen. Um, Andrew suggests a flash mob to get Stu a job. How would that work? Does he not know what a flash mob is? <laughs> Apparently, if we all descend on Saint Cloud, Minnesota, and have a giant pillow fight, Stu gets a job. I'd do that. Yeah. Or some sort of choreographed dance. Uh, yeah, I don't know how that gets to a job, but maybe if we do a human pyramid outside the studios of a radio station somewhere. (laughs) Uh, Friday, 1961, I'll see your tangent and raise you a weirdness. Uh, Me Undies is a new sponsor of TVTL. Big time. What? It's so weird and awkward. (laughs) For them talking about underwear? Yes. I felt, I thought it was a joke. If you think that's awkward, just wait, because they're going to have to keep doing the undie spots, and they're going to have to keep coming up with new premises. Well, and it just seemed weird when looks like, you wear underwear, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I buy into a lot of the sponsorship crap. Uh, I have a Harry's razor. I got it for the gist before TBTL started doing it. Um, 
just, I mean, you know, I have a beard. You've seen me on the webcam. You've seen my pictures, but I use it for my neck. Um, I was thinking that you could just live off of sponsorships. Like if you have Harry's and MeUndies and Trunk Club and NatureBox and Stamps.com and mm -hmm. Blue Apron, you got kind of all your basics covered now. Never have to leave the house. Yeah. I like and, it. And if we could start selling houses, like so, we just need a, a mobile home company to be sponsored by TBTL. Oh, I bet you could do well with tiny houses on podcasts. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, that's it. The mummy should start buying sponsorship on yes. podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> he would love that. So I have a question. Isn't $20 for men's underwear for one like boxer brief kind of expensive? Is that how much they are? I really... Yeah. They are very expensive. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't looked into it, but yes, that is more than I would be willing to pay. <laughs> I ordered a pair because I think it was Sawbones was was using them as a sponsor, and so I used their code, Mitch made them, I don't know, $14 instead of $20. Mm -hmm. um, they are fine. <clears throat> yeah. I don't want to shit on their sponsors. Yeah, exactly. Now, I, you know, I might do it just for the hell of it. I mean, if it's around the same price after the discount, sure, why not? It does have that value of, well, everyone needs underwear and everyone could probably use a new pair of underwear, so why not? Mm -hmm. It's nice fabric. It's nice and kind of silky. You'll enjoy it. Can we stop talking about underwear? Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just wish... to see how personal you get. <laughs> I just wish that they would stop talking about underwear. Yeah. Uh, I did sign up for Trunk Club, by the way, and my trunk arrives next week, so maybe on the next show... I'll report back. They sent me the pictures of everything in my trunk. Other than the socks, there's nothing for less than $150 each. Wait, Whoa. trunk club? Yep. So I'll be sending everything back. I just wanted to do it to see how it works. What is it? Oh, it's one of these clothing subscription things. Right. They like style for you. Right. Is this a boy a one? Yes. Yeah, they don't have it for girls. Well, they, they have, well, trunk club doesn't, but they have them for girls. Oh. Right. So there are some really nice looking pairs of socks for $12 each. And then the, there are some button down Oxfords that are like $150. So uh, we'll see how everything fits and I'll report back on you on how many things I'm sending back, which will be all of them. <laughs> uh, Luke starts the show by saying ladies and germs because he's doing shtick from the Catskills. Luke is in Portland, the Bay City. Uh, Andrew... <laughs> suggests that they start weighing in with the weight of their mood instead of the weight of their bodies. I like this. <laughs> I get what they're saying, though, that if they do that, they're going to be starting the show by saying, yeah, I'm not really into it today. Right. Yeah. yeah I don't true. think I like this. <laughs> We're, it's already pretty clear what kind of mood they're in when they start the show. <laughs> right. Right. We need another thing for Lynn fam to track. <laughs> Uh, we should just wire their, their Apple gear to hardwire it to the spreadsheets on the show. There we go. We could add that to the archive project. Oh, what their... Their vitals, their their pulse, their heart rate. We should just track all of it. Okay. <laughs> oh, from his smartwatch. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he downloads the data to us every day. Right. Uh, Dr. Jim would find that fascinating, I bet. Yeah. 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 Uh, I love that Luke tells us one of the PRI guys pulled him aside and said, hey, by the way, could you stop shitting on you and Livewire? <laughs> You're making it harder for us to sell this show. Right. <laughs> Pretend like you enjoy it, please. I feel like, I mean, I do that a lot. 
self-deprecating humor is my defense mechanism and also the only thing I know how to do. So I know that it gets overwhelming after a while. But um, yeah, I feel like we would know to read the room and the public radio people aren't the best at that. But I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they had a conversation about taking compliments and Luke's new mantra, if I suck, let people figure that out on their own. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew got a nice email from a listener, Jamie, just saying, keep up the good work. I email Andrew all the time and say, eh, you're doing all right. And I never hear anything. <laughs> you were on the mood scale today. You said you were seven, but you turned in about a three worth of work. <laughs> You know, I think going back to Luke, if he really wants people to constantly validate him and tell him how much they love him, he should consider joining Facebook. There's yeah. a group I know about that might have something to say <laughs> about that. I bet if he posted a picture every day with a note about his mood, it would get tens of likes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Andrew also got love for the old Walsh show and just a general notion that autumn is the time for nostalgia. <laughs> okay yeah just kind of a kind of a sappy show yeah friday show top story is this uh small town inverness nova scotia that did a little fundraiser to launch a community center called chasing the ace and somehow miraculously after many many rounds like a powerball jackpot no one has gotten the ace and the pot is up over a million dollars for the next person who could find the ace. Is that a drug reference? Chasing the ace. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. You got to check Urban Dictionary. I will. Is chasing will. the ace dank? So, yep. Bobby, did you look up and to see what the rules of this are? I didn't, but I'm generally familiar with it. Okay, so um, do they just flip over one card? Basically, if I'm understanding it correctly, and I, I've done a lot of these kind of raffly type things for community groups. Uh, mm -hmm. You start with a deck of cards, someone wins the raffle, and their prize is a chance to draw for the ace. And you draw from a deck of cards, and if you get the ace, you win the pot. And then every time someone wins the drawing, they draw the next card. Now, I don't think I've ever heard of it starting with a full 52-card deck. Cause Does they, it, do they put the card back? No. Okay. No, it, it's a, so someone will eventually get it. Right, somebody will eventually get it. And, you know, the odds are someone will get it sooner than later. Like, you're not going to draw almost 50 times and still nobody has gotten the ace. And that's what's happened in this Nova Scotia thing, which is just that that ace has stayed elusive for, I don't know if they're doing one a week or something. So that could go up to a year long. Um, can I give you an update on this? Sure. Um, a woman won. She took over $1.7 million home. And it's a sweet story. She spent $125 in tickets and won the jackpot. And her husband is battling cancer. Oh, Yeah. So it wasn't just some, like, douchey reporter that came into town and <laughs> bought a bunch of tickets. So I'm glad. Right. That's good. Well, this has that exponential factor, which is that when the jackpot gets high, more and more mm -hmm. people buy more and more tickets and the right. jackpot mm -hmm. keeps going up. And I assume it was some sort of 50-50. So... Like that half was hers, and then I would like to think there's another million dollars that went to the community center side of yeah, things. Yeah, they said that it, what they took in was 15 years worth of funding. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, the dive bar stuff that Luke started talking about, which is the dice and the buybacks, 
Um, I've never really been a regular anywhere that does the dice rolling, mm-hmm. but I have been a regular at a lot of great bars that do buybacks. Um, in some bars where I grew up, they actually have chips. Like you get a plastic chip that says good for one drink from this bar. Hmm. And I know that's not legal everywhere, but in the real divey bars, um, it would often just be a plastic souffle cup, like a little sauce side cup. And hmm. just maybe a bartender would write his or her like initial on it or something, but they're not meant to be kept forever. So like it's happy hour, $2 bottles. We would go to this place after work every uh, Thursday or excuse me, every Tuesday, like it matters. And <laughs> you would sit at the bar and like somebody would buy a round of backups and they would just throw one of these cups at everyone rather than having someone buy you a beer you'd get this thing so that you could redeem it when you're ready for your next beer. Interesting. I like that. Yeah. It's semi-legal, I think. I you think know, by them not... So they talked about it in the Tattletale episode where it's not legal to give a drink, but if they give a token, then it right. then it goes around the loophole or something. Mm-hmm. I got a token sitting here on my desk somewhere, somewhere, uh, from Slick Willie's. In the suburbs of Buffalo, New York. Good for mm. one drink. I found it when we moved last. <laughs> and You should go and see if you can use it. Slick Willie's was a shitty bar when I lived there. I didn't. I wouldn't go there very often when I lived in Buffalo. I'm definitely not going back now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if I can find it, if anyone listening is in Buffalo and wants to get a Slick Willie's, I will mail you a token for a free drink. Has anyone experienced this free third drink in an airplane? No, I've never gotten drinks on an airplane really you haven't it's so much fun yeah it is it's been a while since i paid for a drink on an airplane thanks to uh, chocolates thanks to chocolates oh so i can't think of the last time i flew a long enough flight to get three drinks deep and also having paid for it take care of it this happened to me one time on a virgin flight from dallas to san francisco And we were sitting in, it wasn't first class, but it was like that economy comfort, Mm -hmm. whatever upgrade. And they have those little screens in front of you. And I was like, I'm going to get some champagne. And it was $0. And I was like, huh, okay. Uh, I just kept pushing the button, pushing the button, (laughs) pushing the button. (laughs) Eventually, and this, this is what happened is eventually the stewardess, I think, got sick of bringing us champagne and she just brought us a bottle. That's great. (laughs) That's awesome. It was really fun though. Yeah, champagne hangover is the worst. Yeah. Um, I've never flown Virgin. Is it as nice as people yes. say it is? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. You don't have to like, order, like, yelling across your seatmate. You can just, there's yes. a screen in mm-hmm. front of you and you just push the button and they just bring it to you whenever. It's so great. You don't have to wait for the stupid drink cart. That's awesome. They don't really yeah. come out to the Northeast very much. So I haven't had a lot of chances to fly Virgin. Uh, well, <sighs> Maybe someday. Someday uh, when I can't fly Alaska and I'm going somewhere that Virgin is. <laughs> I just feel like I'm not cool enough to be on the plane or in the waiting area. And it's as if MTV had an airline. <laughs> yeah, you're in a nightclub basically <laughs> yes, the whole it's time. It's all pink. The lights are low, but there's pink. It's kind of like Vegas Airlines. Yeah, there's like fluorescent lighting shining up from the floor. There's or music. Something. All the flight attendants are very beautiful, men and women. the The men look like they were all CrossFitters and were busting out of their shirts. Mm-hmm. And the safety video is this highly choreographed, highly produced yep. dance. 
dance off thing. <laughs> it's entertaining. You should do it if you have the chance. All right, I'll try and then try to have the dollars for it. Um, <laughs> Starly kind, that dick was on Conan. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> and Luke briefly mentions on the show that he just can't get behind Starly's show because TBTL did Mystery Solvers. Of course, not nearly to the level of production or capacity that Starly's doing it with Gimlet Media. Um, but that's just because it's something that TBTL dabbled in that he can't, he can't but embrace. But can I tell it. you that TBL, TBTL did it better? I li- I've listened to all of these um, mystery shows. Have you guys listened to them? Yeah, I have. I have not yet, actually. I'm a little backed up on time for new yeah. podcasts. TBTL right did it better. She has a yeah. couple that are okay, but she goes off on these really weird tangents, and they kind of just end, and it it didn't make sense. The mystery solvers that TBTL, I almost said that we did, that TBTL did were much better. <laughs> They didn't have the production and they didn't have the audience and no one got to meet Jake Gyllenhaal, but (laughs) I just think that in the second season, if she's going to keep going and have any kind of audience, she really needs to kick it up. Well, a couple of things to keep in mind. One is that our standards are pretty high because we're familiar with the TBTL version. Mm Mm-hmm. Not everybody else's may be that high. So this might actually be a show that pleases a lot of people just the way it is. I don't know. Listen to the Lunchbox episode and get back to me. Okay. Uh, the belt buckle one was pretty good. Was pretty I still good. listen to it. Um, I don't think it's terrible. But yeah, it's not Luke and Jen. Yeah. And Sean. Well, and the important part here is that if you don't love the production value of something that someone does as their job, it makes them a horrible human being. <laughs> Yep. So the amount of energy that's been spent on that this week far outshines the amount that was spent on Friday's show. That is truly amazing. And uh, once in a while, I applaud Luke for not being on Facebook. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. The dumpster Uh, fire that is Facebook. (laughs) I love this thread. I don't think this is a dumpster fire at all. Yeah, but someone didn't tell you to shove something up your ass. Yeah, that's true. I do have a different experience with it than you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but thanks, everybody, who chimed in with a nerdy public radio joke on Facebook based on this Starly Kind thread, because that's what makes Tens special. You know, we band together and all have this same stupid sense of humor. And I really did enjoy it, actually. That I, I have enjoyed following everyone jumping in with their witty post, their goofy thing. Mm-hmm. And it really... We, we took something negative and turned it into something positive. So, bravo. Uh, and speaking of something negative into something positive, Luke mentions um, PJ Aller's podcast, which I have not had a chance to listen to yet for the same reason I haven't listened to Mystery Show yet. Uh, but PJ is the brother of Nick Aller's, the co-host over at Grapes of Rad. Um, he has some pretty serious cancer, much like Jesse Case, and he has his own podcast called I'm Dying Here. Great name. Great name. Um, I, I've only heard, I've heard PJ's appearances on Grapes, and he seems like a really nice, thoughtful guy, and also not like a usual podcast host, so I'm actually very interested to go listen to it. Um, Lunchbox show, PJ's podcast, someday I'll catch up. <laughs> and I think that's it for the week, guys. Oh, uh, music for your weekend. 
Motley Crue live wire. <laughs> These were two, <laughs> they couldn't have been more opposite songs. And yeah. Eileen Barton's Poco Loco and the Coco. I love that song. Me too. It's adorable. Uh, and then listener Kelly with Matthew Sweet's Sick of Myself. Okay, you guys, this song, Sick of Myself, was it on a soundtrack or something? Because I, I knew all of the words, but I have never it, heard of Matthew Sweet before. You were alive it was just in the one 90s, of those, right? Right. It's just one of those songs that seeps into your brain if you existed in the 90s. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure it was on every soundtrack in 1995 or something. You know, it just, it, it made its way into bumper music for commercials and Okay, TV that must have been it. I'm sure Matthew Sweet's still picking up a lot of royalty checks for whatever car... Or something that got sold with that song in the 90s. It was probably in Party of Five several times. Oh, yeah, exactly. that must have been it. Because <laughs> I'm like, I, how have I never heard of someone in the 90s? You know, because I was all into music then. And then it started and I knew all the words. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, we're half an hour away from Bill's Giants. So let's rock it through this. How's can we been? Got it. Uh, Christy, Archive Project. We have 320 episodes archived so far, which sounds like a lot, but when we have 2,000 episodes coming up on 2,000, it's not even a drop in the pan. We've assigned 450, so get going if you've been assigned. And my favorite archiver of the week is Corey Plucker. <laughs> we don't have drops. I don't know nope. what to do. <laughs> That's Excellent. it. And if you want to help, anyone, reach out to me. Is anyone on the Buffalo Wild Wings Bud Light hot seat? <laughs> I'm not allowed to do those anymore. Okay. That's been shut down, America. Right. Buy stickers. I'm talking to you, DJ. So he's in the hot seat. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's always in the hot seat for something. Okay. Yeah. The Hyundai of Tacoma hot seat. All right. <laughs> How to get involved, guys. LittleRedBandBinding.com. Fill out the form to be on the Saturday show. I mentioned this on the Saturday show, but I'm going to mention it again here as well. Um, some of you submitted to be on the Saturday show months ago and we're grateful for it and we haven't gotten to you yet and we will but don't hesitate to send a reminder and with these uh, notes if we did your episode and you'd be interested in talking about another one let us know what the other one is because the, the collective mind of TBLTL 10s falls to some classics and we've done some of them already but there are more great ones out there so tell us what else you love mm -hmm. And also, if you submitted being like, I want to be on the show, but didn't tell us anything about what episode you'd <laughs> want to be on, <laughs> come back to us with an episode, because it's it's really hard for us to book when we have no idea what people want to talk about, right. <laughs> mainly because we all have day jobs, uh, and we don't have time to like break down with every single person exactly what they'd want in a long conversation. So littleredbendwagon.com, fill out the form again if you're still interested or have a new interest you want to talk about. On Facebook, we're at Little Red Bandwagon, and we're on the Stens page. Twitter's, I'm at RL Pape. Christie's at Kissy Eyes, K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S. -S -E -E Meredith Mahan, Meredith underscore M-A-H-A-N on Twitter, and also on Facebook, easily stalked there. Of course, as always, Mike is at Drew McFrizz, and producer Jeremy is at Dadstronaut. Our show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us, littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. I asked you guys last night if we had any voicemails, because I always give this spiel about voicemails, and we have none, correct? Right. I'm a little heartbroken that nobody calls us. Yeah. 802-432-TBTL. Call us. 
We want to hear. I from think you. people should program this number into their phones and call us when they're drunk. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, call us instead of your ex. Right. Yeah. Or tell us what you would ex. say to your ex if you were to call. And then call us and tell us how it went. Right. So nerd out loud is in my phone as drunk dial. So put us in at drunk dial two. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of nerd out loud, Christy, what's up on nerd out loud? Um, we did a show last night and what I remember of it, I did a, a couple, am I a jerks? I, I hate multi-level marketing, uh, via Facebook and I go off about that and, um, class action lawsuits. <laughs> so listen, the episode is called get in my downline, you jerk. <laughs> Um, and you messaged me last night, right before you guys started and said, or was this in our group chat? We're about to tape nerd out loud. Tell us if you're a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us why you're a jerk. Yeah. We're starting to take some and there's a pretty, uh, uh, shitastic one that everyone should listen to from a, a 10 that called us. Excellent. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's not a good teaser. I don't know what is. Um, did I miss anything folks? Nope. Don't think so. All right. Uh, Christy. Mm -hmm. Let's get out of here. Okay. Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Emily. And Jen and Mike. I'm not going to accept that responsibility on behalf of Detroit. Sorry. I'm going to blame. Sorry. Hold. <laughs> Please I'm leave this strapped in. in. I'm all strapped in with wires so I can't get the dog out. Is Christy being strapped in with wires something we could find on Urban Dictionary? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> It'll be there soon, if not. This dog. Okay, keep going, sorry. Someone want the nail it for this week? I always do it. I'll do it. Why don't you do it? Who? Me? Hello, Christy? Is this working? Yeah. (laughs) Nailed it.